Welcome back to Atypical Talk. This is a podcast where we have conversations that illuminate the intersection of faith, culture, and the common spaces of our humanity. I'm Abby. I'm Allison. And I'm Joel. And welcome back to the podcast. We have a great episode coming up today. Um, We have been getting some reviews in, great feedback on the last episode. So thank you to everyone who's been listening. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's not really my answer. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But we've had a great time. Uh, So we're going to jump into this episode with our opening question. If you could have any unconventional animal as a pet, what would it be? This is literally a question I've never thought of a day in my life before now. Um, But assuming I have like expansive land and all the means to properly care for something unconventional and I don't have to worry about this animal like, you know, killing me or anything because it Mm -hmm. loves me because it's my pet. Um, I'd probably say an elephant because I've seen those elephants. Some of them they train to like paint. Now, you know. Wait, that's the first reason you want an elephant (laughs) is you can train it to paint? I think it would be fun. But, you know, I don't need anybody coming at me like I'm exploiting my elephant pet Mm -hmm. for money or anything. This is just for fun, guys, just for fun. But um, we they love water. Like, I like to kayak, so it could just walk beside me as I float down the river. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Plus, I feel like nobody's coming in my yard or trying to get in my house with an elephant guard pet. I don't know. It could yeah. just be me. The first thing I think <laughs> of is the reality of having to clean up the bathroom Oh, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, we're just going to say that's not a thing in this fake, unconventional pet reality I have. Yeah, okay. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> what about you, Abby? Um, Growing up, I wanted to be like Snow White where I could, you know, get any forest animal to just love me. And one animal I've always loved, and it's going to be weird, skunks. I absolutely love skunks. My mother-in-law had a skunk. Really? Yeah. I love I mean, she was a vet tech and stuff, Mm -hmm. so she had a lot of unconventional pets, I guess. But no, you can really make it happen in the city. You can Mm -hmm. have one. Yes, yeah, you can yours. you can get their like <laughs> scent glands removed or yeah. whatever it is that they spray with, and you can have them as a pet. And I really always wanted one because they're kind of like a good mix of like between a dog and a cat, yeah. and they're adorable. And I think that nobody would ever <laughs> want to like, come close to you if yeah. you're yeah. really introverted. Yeah. You just walk around with a skunk all the time. Yeah, just answer the door with your it's skunk definitely in a hand. people repellent. Yes. Yep. I mean, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I would love to see that actually happen in reality. Um, for me, I am boring. I'm a basic, basic person. And I love my dog, Lainey, <laughs> our golden doodle 12-year-old puppy, as we like to say around our house. Um, so I literally Googled what wild exotic animals are most like dogs. Oh. And so, what did you get? So it was really... a pretty fascinating list but um pretty high on the list this is so adorable um is a pot-bellied pig Uh, i didn't realize that you can have pot-bellied pigs inside your house or like Mm -hmm. mini pigs they have like a very similar personality to dogs they want to cuddle they're like trained (laughs) in packs in the wild so they Mm -hmm. like they'll recognize your hierarchy as the Mm -hmm. alpha and all that kind of stuff um and they'd be so cute and um, And your kids would love it you know what and it was also the most affordable exotic weird oh. dog-like animal to have too so really? my wife um i don't know if she knows this yet but i've, I've ordered two. Oh yeah um, they're on the I'm way i'm sure she's nice. totally fine with that yeah so stay <laughs> they come via amazon, Is that amazon prime <laughs> thanks See bezos in two days yeah. but yeah they're they're actually um they're considered smarter than dogs 
um, which I don't know if I want my dog to be too much smarter than yeah, they already no. are, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but pretty cute. I think we can make it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard those mini pigs don't stay mini very long, though. That would be the danger. Yeah, yeah. yeah the mini they pig grows grow into being. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a baby pig. I was bamboozled, yes. and now I have this hog yes. living in our house. Yeah. That, could, that could be it. Well, there's a house in town that has a deer in its back fenced-in yard. Mm, I think I've seen that, yeah. I, I'm always fascinated by I'm like, mm-hmm. how does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> I've but, seen so many TikToks lately of people taking care of baby deers, and it's like, oh, I want that. Everybody <laughs> wanting to live out their Bambi life. <laughs> their Bambi dreams. Yes. Oh, funny. Well, our first topic today, this is one that Alice and I have been very interested in. Yeah, I'm invested. This is about Latitude 35 Pacific Race. So this is a team of four rowers, all of them are women, and they're rowing from San Francisco to Honolulu. They row 24 hours with two people rowing at a time in two hour time slots. Their boat contains everything they need for the journey, all their food, survival equipment, radios, GPS, sleeping gear, all those types of things. It's an entirely unsupported trip, so they need to carry everything they need in case of an emergency, since they have no one there to help them if something were to happen. Their journey can be followed in the YB Races app by searching Latitude 35, which I have downloaded and have been <laughs> tracking them the whole way. Yes, you have <laughs> At to. The- At the time of this recording, they are 1,818 nautical miles into the trip with only 420 nautical miles left. They've been able to send updates on their Instagram account showing photos and videos of the trip and talking about the different sea life they've seen along the way. By the time this recording comes out, they'll have been out at sea for exactly one month. They have less than a week left now. Yeah. And I was reading today, I think, that it won't be long before they can actually see land from where they're at. And so I just think, man, to have almost a week left mm-hmm. and be able to see land, like I would be rowing so fast at this point. But mm-hmm. I am so, so far cool. behind. I have I had no <laughs> idea this was a thing. And so I have so many questions. Yeah. Like, do, how do people sleep? Um, they have two little cabins that are on the end of each boat or the end of the boat and they because they're in shifts so two people are sleeping eating whatever it is that they need to do during their two hour shifts while the other two are rowing so yeah you're but all it's only two hours at a time two hours at a time this is like having a newborn again yeah it right? really is Up, so you, you never get a rim cycle you never get three hours of sleep in a no. row it takes no. me two hours to fall asleep <laughs> yeah. i wouldn't be able and to do this they have to do all the other things too so like they have to eat and you know like whatever yeah, you're not just falling asleep. restroom like whatever mm-hmm. it is they need to do in this two hour time slot but just think like i've seen so many pictures that they've sent back and like you will never see the ocean this way like mm-hmm. we will never see it the way that they are seeing it and so like i just think of like the sunrises and the sunsets that they're yeah. seeing like makes my mind just like explode yeah yeah and it's awesome getting to see you know how far out they can see an ocean but it's terrifying to see their pictures at night because it's, it's just yeah pitch black and, and they get in the water so sometimes bad. to knock like barnacles and stuff off the bottom of their boat and mm-hmm. i just think you have no idea what is under you <laughs> that i've far seen out. too many movies with <laughs> sharks and wild they have not seen any sharks oh, my none goodness. at the beginning of the trip they saw some whales but since mm-hmm. then they've only seen like flying fish yeah. and i saw a post that said they even came up with a game like 
uh, five points if a flying fish hits you, 10 <laughs> points if it hits you in the face, 25 points if it hits you in the mouth. I'm like, okay, you really are getting creative out there because the loneliness. I was just thinking, they're, they're just not creative. That's they're the going a little mad. Yeah. They're going a little crazy. Yeah, right? they do some karaoke. They have dance parties. Like, they, you have to keep yourself entertained. Like, mm-hmm. well, that's what I'm thinking. Just, like, mm-hmm. I'm just, for one, like, he said there's four rowers mm-hmm. and they're all women. Yep. Just women. You guys are nuts. <laughs> you guys are so incredible. Like not only bring in life into the world, you can do these crazy trips. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just like trying to place myself and I'm like, nope. <laughs> you already know. Nope. Straight like, ahead, I mean, I'm like no. woefully out of shape to do anything like that too. But then I'm just thinking about the mental drain mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. it. Like I would just be going crazy. Yeah. And you know, when are you checking Instagram? Like, you know, all these different kind of things. And <laughs> you're really not. getting a rim cycle. I'm just yeah. getting used to sleeping again, you guys, with our <laughs> right. little ones sleeping a little bit better. And well, I don't want to defi- give that away. They definitely are not eating enough. Like, you're burning so oh much gosh. energy that there's no way that you're eating enough to Calories, fuel your yeah. actually actual body. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that has to also be very hard. But they're, they are looking for people to do this. So this. Keep uh, looking. Keep walking right <laughs> it's back. Not you. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't make eye contact. Uh, but if you're on Instagram, you can go to at Great Pacific Race. And you don't have to actually be a rower to sign up. I was really? reading because I'm like, what are the qualifications? You know, like must actually be in a shape that's not round because that's me. But <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, it says you don't have to be a rower to sign up. But rowing is not for the faint of heart. Like, they are working so hard. So, you know. You don't have to be a rower to sign up, but you will die if you're not. I mean, uh, basically, you know, I feel like it should have said, like, if you've ever started something and didn't finish it, please don't apply because this is not for you. (laughs) You're going to be stuck in this boat for a long time. Yeah. So when's their ETA to be to Hawaii? In about a week is okay. what their about post said. I think it was last night or something they posted yeah. saying that they are just under a week away. But they'll see like Maui and like some of the smaller islands first before they actually get to their final stop. So I also mm-hmm. think like I would just want to pull over and yeah. be like, this is it. <laughs> I, mean, I have a problem in my life, in my life of finishing strong yeah. and things. And I'm like, oh, if I see another island, yeah, it's I made it pretty far. I feel <laughs> that's like that's good. Oh, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, but yeah. they're trying to break a world record. So that's mm-hmm. the other thing is part of this tracking that you can do will show you the last team that did it and how far ahead or comparable this team currently is. So that's also fascinating for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited for them. I hope that they have a huge ceremony with lots of amazing food when they get there and a bed to sleep in. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, you can follow them on Instagram. Obviously they don't post a lot of updates, but they are able to send some stuff. And Mm -hmm. then there's a lady on TikTok that I follow who like she tracks them every day and posts updates and it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. We'll make sure to link all of that (laughs) because it's so cool. Alice and I have been following them because she told me about it and I thought it was awesome. Like clearly I'm invested. It It is just, it is one of those things, you know, you take a step back and, think how incredible the human race can be yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know you put our frail frames of bodies into this kind of a situation and it can be trained yeah and it can actually accomplish something that you would think would be completely impossible like yep. the glory mm-hmm. of what like our human bodies can actually do is something that should leave us with wonder yeah. right it should mm-hmm. leave us with wide-eyed wonder to be like oh my goodness that you know, and coming from a faith perspective, understand that God created humanity in his image and to see 
just the glory of what mm-hmm. is possible and the power of what's possible. That's pretty yeah. cool. It makes yeah. me, it leaves me with wonder. Of yeah. Like, this is humanly possible. It wow. really is. Yeah. Well, these women are definitely like superheroes being able to make this trip. Um, if you guys could have some superpower aside from being able to row through the ocean like they are, what would it be? <laughs> For me, I think it would um, have to be teleportation. Whoa. Where I can just go wherever I want at any time. And it's not just like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, over to, I don't know, Japan for a vacation or something like that. Like, I just want to use it to go to the grocery store because I hate driving. (laughs) No traffic. The five minutes to the grocery store. Yes. So just being able to do that, I'm like, oh, I, I ran out of cereal. Head over to the grocery You'd store. You'd save so much money on gas, yeah. all the things. Doing I know. That. <laughs> you or could you, fly to Paris like for nothing. Yeah. Or I get off work and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go hang out with my sisters. See you later. Yeah. You know, takes, in Ohio in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So I also was gonna choose teleportation, but I didn't want to have the same exact answer as Abby, <laughs> and we talked about it this morning. So I was like, "Oh, got to come up with." They something had a else. conversation when I was not involved. <laughs> so I'm in the dark here. Yeah. <laughs> you really are. That's the benefit. Abby and I share an office. For those of you who don't know, so we have this uh, opportunity often. But I'm gonna go with one that's probably not so popular: weather manipulation, like storm. Storm. Yeah, mm. because X Men. Yeah, but I don't want to be, this also has come up more recently, if you have kids that watched Encanto, she has an aunt, Peppa, I think, that Mm -hmm. uh, she can control the weather through her emotions, so like she's prone to having it like a rainstorm when she's anxious, that would literally be my worst nightmare, because we would just (laughs) be living in like perpetual rainstorms around here, but if I could control it in a different way, that would be amazing. I would love to be able to blame all the bad weather on you. Yeah. I'd be like, you know, it's <laughs> like storming. Anxious. Gosh, Allison, get it together. You're okay. It's just I thought you were in counseling. Yeah. Come on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that would be mine. Because then I could, you know, if I needed a rainy day where I wanted to stay in bed and take a nap, I mm-hmm. could just make that happen. Yeah. Or just make it snow only on Christmas Day yes. and then it's done. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys have gone way too deep. Yeah. Right? <laughs> We've really That's thought awesome. this out. That's okay, awesome. what about you, Jill? Okay. You just got to keep in mind. <laughs> oh, gosh. That every superpower can be used for good or evil. That's okay. very true. I actually it's looked up villain superpowers. You can bring, you bring yourself to it, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, I... I would definitely want mind control. I would I would love I wish this surprised me more than it <laughs> that's, does. It's like, that's the most Joel answer. I would love mind control because I if people would just do what they should do and if they would listen to me, their lives would be better. I mean sometimes I'm maybe. not going on the sometimes but, but yeah I mean think about this. I mean you wanted teleportation so you didn't mm-hmm. have to drive. Like I could have someone drive for me anytime. I'd say Jedi mind trick, go drive Joel home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All that different kind of stuff. And I, I, I think this stems from I think one of the more frustrating one of the more frustrating things about my work as a pastor is you know, a lot of times people come to me, they want to talk, they got something hard going on in their lives and I want to be helpful. And so, you know, we sort of diagnose it together and I give them a couple things to do or think through in that meeting. They agree with you and they're <laughs> like, yeah, that's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to make this happen. So here's your first step, you know, and um, often 
they still won't take that first step. <laughs> and so I'm sitting here like, what did I do? Did I waste my time? I yeah. just want to help and you're not doing anything about it. And it takes, you know, you've got to want to change. And uh, Dang free will. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of the more frustrating things. So um, if I could, after those meetings, just be like, zing, 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 <laughs> Professor X, you know, into their mind to do the thing, their lives would be better, right? Mm-hmm. And also I just, um, I'm an Enneagram 8, so I... Um, I like to make things happen. And if Mm -hmm. I could make things happen in other people, Mm -hmm. world would just be so smooth. Everybody would get along. This is my crazy, this is what what bad guys say. Like that's how they justify things in their minds. I was going to say, so do you just want to control Like for me, I just want to know what people are thinking sometimes. Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care what they're thinking. I just just want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really don't care to be in their minds outside of getting them to do what I think would be good for them. And would also, on the side note, be probably convenient to me. I mean, what? Convenient. I'd have a pretty effective work day. I'm just saying. That's true. We could make so many things happen that way. And I'm recognizing the maniacal aspects of this. I'm just being honest. Authenticity, (laughs) y'all. Transparency. what we're doing. Mind control would be pretty cool. I mean, with your toddlers, too. Think about that. Oh, I I hadn't even, like, gone (laughs) down that road. Like, Jack, it's time to brush your teeth. Let's brush your teeth. Instead of, like... 15 minutes of like meltdown negotiations yeah. Yeah. and um, screaming, crying. Oh, I'm, I'm going for this. Yeah. <laughs> I need this to happen. It's be, it'd be good for my mental health. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just yeah. saying. <laughs> well, we have our final topic today. This is uh, an article from Christianity Today by Kate Shellnut. It is called Cancelled. John Christ has a new book, tour, and comedy special. For those of you who don't know, John Chris is a Christian comedian who's been making his way back into the spotlight after four months in rehab for sex addiction and alcohol addiction. In 2019, Charisma News did an investigation that uncovered a pattern of manipulation and sexual harassment of female fans. He posted an apology saying that some of what came forward was true and he felt shameful about it. He's now released a YouTube special and has a book coming in October titled Delete That and Other Failed Attempts to Look Good Online. Both talk about his experience being canceled. Some have continued to call Chris to repent and step down from the stage, including victims who say he's literally profiting off their trauma. So do you guys think he's being insensitive about these situations? It said in the article that he's made jokes during some of his uh, live shows and stuff about you know, what happened. So do you think that he's being insensitive? Do you think he should even be canceled? What I are think he's for thoughts? sure being insensitive. Um, the fact that, you know, you're um, making jokes about uh, something that has caused trauma to somebody else, mm-hmm. the fact that um, he has just made blanket apologies but not ever actually apologized to uh, the victims. Um, that's a whole nother thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I have no, um, I have no place <laughs> for people who, uh, won't own up to mm-hmm. what they've done and, um, apologize and, um, try to be better. So the fact that for me, he's making jokes about it, um, you know, and I don't know him personally, so maybe mm-hmm. he has done a 180 and this is just part of his shtick or whatever, but like it would show me that like he has not had a change of heart. He mm-hmm. has not, um, you know, have any remorse kind of for what he has done because the fact that now he's just making jokes about it. So mm-hmm. 
Mm-mm. Yeah, no. my my heart hurts for these women that have yeah. come forward because it feels like in some of these cases he's making them a laughing stock for sure. Yeah. Profiting they profiting off have of to, them, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, again, I I think it's totally insensitive, and I can't wrap my head around any valid excuse to be using these situations as a prop in mm-hmm. in a comedy set for sure. But for me. It, it, I have to like draw back to a wider conversation about cancel culture and this, Mm -hmm. this moment that we're in, in our society where there seems to be a collective push to make somebody disappear for what they did. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different ways the pendulum can swing inside of this conversation that um, I think can be very dangerous. And I think we at least need to like have conversations and talk about what, cancel culture is what it Mm -hmm. isn't what's the role of consequences what's Mm -hmm. the role of grace inside of all these conversations um christian subculture especially in america in the west for at least the last 50 years or i mean all the way to the beatles probably i mean we're notorious for wanting to cancel Mm -hmm. people just tell people we don't like you you did something we don't agree with you. go away Mm -hmm. we disagree with you i mean all the way to like pastors and authors like rob bell um singers like Katy Perry to some of the dumb cultural things we've talked about before, mm-hmm. like Telly Tully, Telly Tubbies <laughs> and uh, Harry Potter, you know, like yeah. we're, we're notorious for canceling things that we don't like or disagree with. But it's an interesting thing that um, somebody like John Christ, who has a platform and who's very talented, um, it seems to be like Christians are okay because they can, he can still make them laugh mm. about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have I just have to say like on the wider conversation of, are we canceling human beings? Like is our desire for somebody, if you do something wrong, that we, our goal is for you to go away forever. Um, I can't say that that is in a very Christian idea. Um, the idea that like our hope and justice only looks like you did something wrong, so go away forever. We never mm-hmm. want to hear from you again. Mm-hmm. You cannot exist. Um, that's to me, I, I can't square that with the scriptures, with mm-hmm. the person of Jesus and the way he um, walk the earth and even from the days of the first church and the leadership of the first church. I mean, if we would have canceled everybody for something terrible that they've done throughout the Bible, uh, we would have a lot less stories, a very, very, very <laughs> short book. Right. Um, and even the stories about Jesus where he reinstated people that were culturally out, we would lose a lot of the Jesus stories as well. I mean, David would be canceled. Noah would be canceled. Mm-hmm. Moses would be canceled. Uh, Paul in the New Testament, mm-hmm. one of the first church planners and who wrote two thirds of our New Testament, he would be canceled. Um, so I'm just very wary over this cultural heat and an impassioned plea um, for people to be mm-hmm. canceled. I, I think it's uh, it can be a very dangerous conversation. Now, mm-hmm. all that being said, the pendulum oftentimes inside of churches, especially if people have platforms, especially if people are talented, the pendulum swings all the way to the other side to be like, well, aren't we all about grace? Right. We're all human. None of us are perfect. And mm-hmm. of course, he did these terrible things to these girls, um, or maybe he did something in his past that was really broken, but that was a long time ago, and he's our leader, and all this kind of mm-hmm. bull crap. <laughs> Very careful as yeah. I said that. That um, can really be peddled inside of our Christian subculture and inside of our churches. I mean, the pendulum can swing so far to be like, well, forgive and forget you know, mm-hmm. but that's also not a very Christian idea. It's not an idea that is 
founded its principles in the Old and New Testaments, just forgive and forget, um, especially the forget part, you know, uh, there has to be a reckoning with our own brokenness and with evil that we experience. And um, we're called to judge what's right and wrong and to look it in the eye and say, this isn't right. This wasn't right. There was wrong that was done here. Mm -hmm. And I'll argue that true justice can't happen until that part, that offending party owns what they did and they say it out loud and they don't use a PR firm or a spin to protect the institution in the process, but they call a pig a pig, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, they call something um, bad, something bad, and they admit wrong there. And I think often in Christian circles, when it comes to leaders or people with platforms, we swing so far to the forgive and forget that it's not helpful. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I believe that, you know, people can be restored and redeemed and, you know, you can uh, come back from a mistake, so to speak, because we all make them. But at the same time, you know, there are also consequences for your actions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if the consequence of your action is the fact that people no longer buy tickets to your show or they won't go see your movie, then that's something y- you have to live with that. Like you have to own that. Mm-hmm. Do I think that you have to go now live in a cave forever by, by yourself? Not necessarily, but you know, you have to also be okay with the fact that you messed up and this is the consequence and you know, then move on, yeah, whatever that looks that's like. That's a really good point to where we shouldn't conflate the idea of canceling and consequences because yeah. consequences are something that we all need in every avenue of our life to protect us and to protect other people. And so, yeah, somebody not selling tickets or not mm-hmm. being booked on a tour um, because uh, of something that they did, That's that can just be the consequences. And yeah. especially people that have platforms, especially people that have influence, that is just naturally another biblical idea of reaping what you yeah. sow. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is another gray area inside of the canceling conversation is there, we can't just say, well, they tried to cancel me. No, like part of that is consequences yeah. for your actions. And, you know, if you hurt somebody, murder somebody, you should still go through the process of the justice system. Yeah. And whether you're not, famous or Whether not. you're famous <laughs> or not. And yeah. I, I think, again, like just talking, I want to widen our thinking about what justice is too. Because I think, um, I, like we had last week when we had our conversation about abortion, um, there is something deeply seated inside of all of us being made in the image of God where we long for justice. There's some itch that we have for us to experience justice and to see justice and there's an ache that we have when we see injustice and so I think there is something deeply um, beautiful and spiritual about people that are saying hey we shouldn't allow this to happen because of the wrongs that somebody did Uh, for example the John Chris situation or uh, we shouldn't let Will Smith back into the Oscar ceremony (laughs) next year because who's going to want to get hit next year (laughs) I mean all those different kind of things like and I, I think inside of that, we, we all want justice and we have this ache when there is injustice. But in the Bible, justice um, is different than the way we talk about it often inside of just our cultural circles. We often only think of justice as retributive justice, a payback, mm-hmm. revenge. You did something 
that hurt somebody. So we are going to now hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, we're not going to go down this road today, but this is some of the language of capital punishment mm-hmm. um, of saying, well, they committed something heinous. They ended someone's life. So it's now our job to end their life. Mm-hmm. And that is retributive justice. That is payback. That is an eye for an eye <laughs> kind of thing. And the justice that is far and away more common that is talked about in the Bible which happens over 600 times, by the way, justice is a huge element of the scriptures, is not the idea of retributive justice, but it's the idea of restorative justice. It's about reconciliation, something that was broken and recognizing it was wrong, but being mended somehow back together and restored. It's actually the Hebrew word mishpat, which I love the, I love that <laughs> word, mishpat. And when you see the word justice popping up in the pages of the scriptures, this is what's talked about as restorative justice. It's that kind of thing I was talking about earlier of recognizing something that was evil and broken and calling it out, not making excuses, but that's somehow making a path back to where there can be healing and hope and in a dark situation, let there be light again. And I think in this cancel culture conversation, um, man, what would it be like for people of faith, for followers of Jesus, to not gleefully be like, oh, they need to be canceled. Oh, I'm so glad that they're canceled. But be the squeaky wheel, to be the voice in the background, not minimizing the damage that was done, but saying, okay, but what does it look like for there to be mishpat? What does it look like for restoration? Mm-hmm. What does it look like for a path back or a, maybe not even a path back to the platform, mm-hmm. but a path forward for this person to have healing in their life? I, I think that's the conversation mm-hmm. that I don't hear people having often. And hey, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus and I can't help but root for reconciliation, yeah. forgiveness, mercy, Um, restoration and justice being a part of it all because that's who I see Jesus to be on the pages of the New Testament and that's what draws me to him and that's the kind of rabbi and leader and Lord that I'm trying to follow in my life. So can we have the complicated conversations to where we don't minimize terrible things that someone um, has done but we also don't minimize the transforming power of grace Mm -hmm. and the transforming power of forgiveness and reconciliation in the process. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm interested in. And um, man, is it messy? Are people gonna have different opinions and subjectivity about what that looks like? Yeah, but whatever corners people go to in this conversation, I know that I wanna be in the corner of, we're gonna hold two things up high. We're gonna hold the story and the humanity of the victims high. And we're also going to hold up the reality that God beckons us to forgiveness and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And if we can hold both of those things up, um, man, who knows what could happen in this? And, you know, just when it comes to John Christ and his um, story, like, I I pray, I hope that he um, actually has the goal (laughs) and he actually moves forward to make some personal apologies Mm -hmm. and run beyond the PR firm and the lawyers to have a real conversation about growth and healing and to own the things that were -hmm. were done. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that I would buy tickets to his next tour. I'm not saying that I wouldn't, but I think those things should be up to individuals. But, um, man, I hope that there can be healing in that situation Mm -hmm. from the scarred reality of what these women have faced instead of just a, the, um, the proverbial, like, let's just put some newspaper over the spilled yeah. mess and move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, Sorry, their feelings are yeah, hurt. Oh, yeah. It's no, just you're not, not how it works. <laughs> yeah. No. And, uh, when we were, you know, thinking about this, 
uh, most recently for me, like um, Lizzo, who some of you may or may not be familiar with. She is a music artist, but... Um, all the bops. She's, all the <laughs> she's bops. got all the bops right now. She's a whole vibe and I love it. But um, she had a new song off of her um, brand new album and um, it had a line in it that um, many fans kind of expressed um, some frustration about because it used um, a word that like... I know I have said before in my life, um, but apparently, which this was also, everything is a learning experience, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where a lot of this comes into play. But um, it's an ableist slur because there are um, people with spastic diplegia, I think is how you say it. Abby mm-hmm. can, you know, fact check me and, you know, correct <laughs> it in the, in the podcast, but um And in her song, she used the word spaz, which apparently is an ableist slur. And so her fans, some of them were um, frustrated by that, the fact that she would use it. And for me, Lizzo straight puts on a masterclass in apologizing because she, I'm just going to read it because honestly, I couldn't do it justice if I tried not to. But she said, it's been brought to my attention that there's a harmful word in my new song, Girls. Let me make one thing clear. I never want to promote derogatory language. As a fat black woman in America, I've had many hurtful words used against me, so I understand the power words can have, whether intentionally or, in my case, unintentionally. I'm proud to say there's a new version of Girls with a lyric change. This is the result of me listening and taking action. As an influential artist, I'm dedicated to being part of the change I've been wanting to see in the world. So for me, like she owned her mistake. She literally went back and re-recorded the entire song and made it different. So that way um, it did not have the, you know, that Mm -hmm. slur that frustrated um, her fans. You know, it would have been real easy for her to just be like, sorry, didn't mean to do that. It's already recorded. Like we're moving on now, like Mm -hmm. no change. But the fact that she listened to her fans and then took action, that's 10 out of 10. Wish everybody would Mm -hmm. (laughs) own their stuff and do that in that exact way. Like I could not commend her enough. She for sure got it right. So no, I love that so much. And I love that she said that she was committed to listening and action. Yeah. You know, listening mm-hmm. is a posture of humility mm-hmm. and wanting to learn and be curious. Can I get a witness that we need a little bit more of that right. this time, right? <laughs> like, and then also not just to do that, but to do something about it, you yeah. know, from that place of humility and learning to be a part of the change, to not um, continue these storylines um, yeah. where these words are harmful. I, I think that's really, mm-hmm. really beautiful. And, you know, something I was just thinking about, like, you know, just in, in my work and in, you know, leading a team and in all of the different ways that I interact with people, I'm just, I'm the kind of person that I I want to like foster a culture where like, you know, you're quick to own your stuff when Mm -hmm. you mess up and then Mm -hmm. you're quick to apologize. And then we're quick to accept an apology. Mm -hmm. Like if those things happen, I'd much rather, you know, accept an apology and move on than, other other way around and I'd Mm -hmm. I'd much rather have the opportunity to apologize Mm -hmm. as well and again I I don't know I don't see the willingness in our culture we're so justice angry heavy Mm -hmm. to like even want to accept apologies Mm -hmm. and again apologies they're not everything but they set the tone for reconciliation Mm -hmm. and restoration between different people and so um, I respect that so much I also you guys 
people grow and yep. learn and change and evolve their thinking. Mm-hmm. And we want it that way, right? Yeah. I know I, I so. want it yeah. that way because I need it. Yeah. And, you know, we've got to give people, I think, especially people of faith, followers of Jesus, we've got to give people space to screw up and mm-hmm. learn and change and grow. I mean, that's the whole stinking ball game. Yep. Mm-hmm. So multiple things can happen at once. You know, you can, you can really not push something to the side saying it was a small deal and minimize Mm -hmm. it and you can move forward Mm -hmm. and um, and if you can't move forward you can decide to move away and love them from a distance (laughs) and that's also a powerful option that you Mm -hmm. have is to love people from a distance and want good for their life from a distance Um, so yeah I I I, this is a big conversation yeah and Mm -hmm. uh, and you know I I would do again I just want to hold up and honor people that are hurt and the humanity in them. And I also want to hold up and honor um, the way of Jesus mm-hmm. and walk forward with at least a pathway for reconciliation, not minimizing, but reconciliation mm-hmm. and restoration. I just can't imagine it another way. Mm-hmm. And it is very difficult when you see how people are hurt and you want to you know, stick by their side, but also have that same grace and you're worried that the grace may seem like you don't see their side of it and Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of times where at least I fall into the habit of cancel culture I'm like well these people were hurt I'm on their side Mm -hmm. I don't like this person anymore and so I fall into that we all just as Mm -hmm. much as we all do yeah Yeah. because it feels good too to feel like you're on the right side of something (laughs) too, right it's a heck of a Mm -hmm. drug um, and I and I think too, like as we talk about people, celebrities, and p- people with platforms, people being canceled, I think just to bring it back down to earth, and for us, you know, in our day to day interactions, we have to check ourselves how quickly we do our little mini cancelings, right? Mm-hmm. Where somebody crosses us, somebody does something worse, crosses somebody that we love, mm-hmm. and what category, what shelf do we put them in our minds because of that, right? Mm-hmm. Are we wanting harm to happen to them are we wanting them to fail because of something or do we want good for their life and do we want there to be reconciliation because that takes work on both sides Mm -hmm. and um i think it's just good to check in our hearts like are we bent more towards canceling and less towards restoration Mm -hmm. i think that's the tension that we should understand and Mm -hmm. walk in with people as they as they make fun of our kids or there's drama at school or slight our spouse in their place of employment, all these different kind of Mm -hmm. things. Um, that's where it gets real for us every day. Yeah. And we've just got to remember followers of Jesus follow Jesus. So what did he do? You know, and Mm -hmm. that's the challenge, but it's an opportunity every day to pick up that mantle and follow. Yeah. And I'm sure this will be a conversation we come back to again because I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. <laughs> I don't think so. I, we didn't solve it? No, I, I thought mean, that we just so solved weird. it. Oh, man. Yeah, I think we need have to listen back know, a couple more million listeners <laughs> and then we can solve okay, it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I think I'm done with Joel calling me out, so we're going to wrap up oh, this episode. Oh, burn. Burn. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening today. If you have questions or topics that you'd like us to talk about, you can email those to atypicaltalkpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook for any updates. That is atypicaltalkpod as well. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. That really helps us out and gets you a notification whenever we have a new episode. 
We hope that these conversations today have helped you think wider, love deeper, and partner with God to bring the up there down here in your everyday life. Thanks for listening. Thank you.